0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Jen Winkleman. This next pocket of time is going to be dedicated to the healing art of storytelling. I've been working in the mental health field for the better part of the last two decades, and in that time, because of my work, I've had the great privilege of hearing countless stories. I hear stories that leave me at the end of the day filled with awe about the resilience of the human spirit. I get to hear stories about those surprising moments when love steps in to save the day, at the very last moment. And I hear stories about the true grit it sometimes takes to survive the human experience. I learn something about life and humanity from all of these stories, and I want to be able to share what I've learned, but because of the part that I play in my community, I'm meant to be a keeper of those narratives it's important that I maintain privacy and confidentiality for the families that I serve. And so those stories have to stay inside the four walls of my counseling office and are held by those sacred moments where one person tells their truth and another person bears witness to it. And in this, there's some sort of magic that we co-create that leads to healing. But this has me thinking that the reach for healing could be bigger. So I decided that outside the counseling office and on a larger scale, we needed a forum for storytelling. We need to get back to the root of taking the time to listen to each other's experiences and to begin to draw from them. So today, our guest and I will have an unscripted conversation, apart from the questions that we routinely ask to get into it. And then you and I will have the opportunity to learn a bit from his or her experience. In every case, there is value and something that we can borrow for our own lives. Because behind every face, there is a story. And in every story, there are life lessons begging to be learned. So as we listen along today, it's up to us to find the lesson in the story. And then if you and I so choose, we can catch that truth like a firefly in a jar and use it as light on our own paths. Thanks again for being with us. This is All I Know. And we're back with part two of our conversation with Kate. If you have not listened to the episode that was released last week, which includes part one of our time with Kate, please make sure you go back and listen to that episode before you dive into this one. Having the context of everything we talked about last week will definitely help make today's conversation that much richer. Thanks so much for joining us and let's get back into it.
1: You always have to come back to don't let it be a thing (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: and don't let it get over it. (laughs) my mom that's that's you know if i'm really sad about something she'll let me be sad for a certain amount of time and then she's irish so she's very feisty so she if if she has deemed i am moping a little too long then she's like well all right that was nice and all but you've had your time time to move it along get on with it you know are you just gonna sit there and or Get on with your day. You have stuff
0: to do. So if we're thinking about these themes, the accident Mm -hmm. and the the loss, the death of your best friend when you were 29, and then some of these experiences that felt like normal, I don't know a better word to use, but just normal kind of life experiences when you were in college and in, in your early 20s, perhaps. Are there any stories that you want to tell associated with with one of those to flush out a little bit more
1: do you or do you feel like i said what i wanted to say <laughs> um like kids is one thing that i love their innocence cuz they're not afraid to ask and they don't have that filter of knowing what's appropriate it's the parents that drive me a little crazy mm-hmm. so if i'm out at a grocery store or something and you you see the little kid tug on their mom's jacket and, and whisper what happened to her why is she in a chair and i hate it when parents dampen that curiosity and i mean maybe they're they're walking the fine line of trying to be pc right. and respectful respectful and and teaching boundaries which is I, I'm not a parent, so of course you don't want your kids making people uncomfortable or anything like that. But on the same hand, you have an opportunity right then to let them learn and not be afraid and just view that person as anyone else. They just sit,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, like yeah. there's not a whole lot of difference. Uh, my friend's kids are great like my friend has two little boys and they keep asking questions like well how come you don't have a cup holder and why don't you have this and how come it doesn't work like that and they have so many questions and I I looked at them and I said well when you grow up are you going to make me a better one maybe you can be a better engineer's And then they get so excited because then they are like, it sparks that interest in their minds. And I love that. I just, I mean, if only everyone reacted like little kids with that curiosity. And I mean, so many things would be better. Not just for handicapped people, but everything. Like the whole world would be better. Do you ever get
0: tired of talking about it? Because you encounter strangers, I would guess, every day. You you deal with this, like, being seen. Right. And people are
1: reacting every day. Do you ever get tired of... Well, I'm human, so I do have bad days where you just want to... You haven't had your coffee yet, and you just want (laughs) to be left alone. Something, and if someone says something... I guess the only time that I just kind of roll my eyes is if I know someone is being snarky or in everyday life, you'll encounter a rude person. And that's just how they are. They are they're just a jerk to the core. Yeah. And sadly, our world has those people. So I think the only time I ever really get irritated is with people like that who make assumptions that aren't nice assumptions or say things in a not flattering or mean-spirited way. But I'm happy to report that they're few and far between. And maybe it's because I focus my energy on the people that are good people who are just curious and just nice people. Like, you know, I see people all the time and I want to know about their lives or where they got that cool outfit or, you know, it's the same same kind of curiosity with certain other people like you know I'm sure every day you see someone that you wish you knew more about their story and I think sometimes people are a little bit too afraid of being PC and not just saying hey do you mind at me asking what happened because I forget um it doesn't Every time I meet a new person, I'm like, I don't, I, it doesn't you don't come to, to my mind. You don't to explain it. Right. Yeah. So I just assume in my mind, I don't even think about it. So I just think they know. And then it will dawn on me when I'll say something like, oh, well, you know, back in the car accident or I'll make a reference. And then they'll, they'll say, is that how you were injured? And then it'll dawn on me, oh, geez, they don't know how, they don't know what happened. And right. so they've been curious this whole time, but they're too polite to ask. I wish that people wouldn't do that. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way that's in a chair. I love with social media, especially I, cause there aren't that many of us that I encounter anyway. What I love about Instagram and social media is I have been able to connect or find other people that are so fascinating that are in chairs and then shows like it got canceled. I don't, I don't know if it had a, the following or maybe they, they just ran out. I don't know what happened, but there was a show called Push Girls and it was on, I think the Sundance channel maybe, um, but it was about four women and they just followed them and their daily lives and they're, were, they were in chairs. I love stuff like that because it breaks stereotypes so many people wonder if you're in a chair, well, obviously you can't have kids. And that's not true. And people have just basic questions like that. And that show addressed a lot of that. I mean, one of them, one of the, the stars of that show, she was one of the very first models for Nordstrom that was in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. And I thought that was so awesome. First of all, of Nordstrom. But for them to reach out and be like, She's foxy. We don't care that she's in chair. We, you know, she'll sell blazers. Let's put her in advertising. (laughs) I think that is so amazing. And then there was another woman on the show and she's now total fitness fanatic. And she's fun to follow just because just by watching her Instagram, she'll post clips and videos of different ways of exercising because Getting cardio in a chair is challenging. Yeah, I imagine it would. So be. So that's why I got a bike, and you know. But she she's really into fitness, and she it's fun to watch her because you know something I might not think of she has, and you know then I can learn if I ever get my tailpipe to the gym that'd be great. Um, but then I you know I I can see how she does it and how beneficial it is, or she'll address i don't do it this way because you know and i like that and then they have a a third the the last two are really into dance and i think a lot of people assume people in chairs can't dance you know they're like in a dance troupe where they do choreographed routines and it's so cool because it's just you don't really think of that you don't and and they're just out there doing their thing. They were dancers before they got injured. They still had that passion and love for it. So just like Craig Hospital would teach you, you just have to find a different we'll way of doing it. That. Yeah, And so I like that. I I follow a couple of athletes on Instagram that are in chairs. So I, I still learn. And I feel like everyone should. I'm. Everyone should look at people different than themselves and learn something from it and... I think not enough people realize at any moment something can happen to you, and you can end up like me. One of the actresses on the, on the show had a medical condition where it just cut off the blood supply to her spinal cord, and so it wasn't.
0: It Crazy. was just a medical
1: condition. Um, Crazy. The others were car accidents, um, and that's obviously probably one of the number one ways of it happening car accidents and sports injuries. But it can happen. I mean, look at that woman. I think she was on the Today Show the night before her wedding. Someone was playing a joke and pushed her in a pool. I saw that story. She's a quadriplegic, and I follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. She's a mom now. And I feel like people should have more of an interest in it in, in terms of you want there to be a cure or a fix or something to make it better should it happen. Whether it's to you or someone you love or your child or I I as I get older, I think that has become so much more important to me because there's no, there's not enough out there about it. Look at all of the pro football players. I don't see one not one of them, and that's a pretty violent sport. I have never seen one advocate for or, you know, for spinal cord injury cures or organizations, um, or or it's not enough. Like if I if I can't if it doesn't come to the forefront of my mind, there it's not enough. there there, there isn't not that it's not a care. I don't want to put it like that, but it's not prevalent enough that people are taking an interest. So. You hear about so many other things that people are interested in or know about, like breast cancer. Who right. hasn't heard of Susan G. Coleman and right. all of those things? But hardly anyone knows about the Christopher Reeve Foundation and things like that. So as I age, that becomes more and more important to me and something that I, not a job, but something I'm passionate about having people learn about. I like so. that you brought up the, the
0: tension, though, for strangers you may meet. Because it's probably different with friends. Because over time, it unfolds and you get to tell the story and, right. and share. And that level of comfort is built. I think a lot of times people think they're being polite by not seeing it. Right. And not naming it and not noticing it.
1: But you know that they're curious about it. So what would you
0: say, you know? What would you say to people? Like, how do you think that they should handle it? And of course, I know this is just right. your perspective and you can't
1: speak for know. everybody. But I don't know if anything I can say will change how people interact or encounter that situation. And I, ca- I can't speak for everyone because not everyone. You know that there's some old crotchety man in a wheelchair who <laughs> is pretty ticked when people ask him about what happened and why he's in that. So you, you know that. That there's that aspect, and I'm the complete opposite, where if you're curious, just ask me. I, I really don't mind. But I feel like enough people have that kind of gauge and sense about a person. If they seem pretty friendly, I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I wish people had more more courage with it. More courage and more, we're all human, we're all pretty friendly. I've been approached by people in grocery stores asking me, you know, what granola bars are my favorites. What what's the difference between asking me that and you don't know me, you know? Like I know that obviously asking something a little more personal than your preference in granola bars is a little more serious, but it's higher stakes. If I <laughs> if I have a smile on my face, I'm probably not gonna bite your head off and a lot of the people like, especially with shows, you know, like the one, the, like, like Push, Push Girls. Girls, they were out to do the same thing. So I feel like it's more of a common thing where we don't mind. We want you to ask questions. We want, you know, I'm not an engineer. I would want an engineer to know enough about me that if he sees something and sees how to improve it for me to use it, Whether it be a ramp or modifications in a bathroom or, you know, a means of driving a little bit easier. Whatever it may be. That would be so great. Um, Just because he had that curiosity and not afraid to ask. So we need to talk about it more. Right. So it sort of sounds like the bottom line to me. Right. We need to talk about this more. Right. People need to be a little bit more bold and... If you can sense that someone would be pretty friendly about talking about something, then go for it. Whether, and it doesn't even have to be like specific to my case, you know, most people are pretty friendly um, about anything. I love that that's your perspective about people. (laughs) I'm serious. Like
0: you've said it a couple of times and every time you say it, it sort of lands in my space in a really interesting way that I'm kind of still trying to process and probably will happen, you know, after we close our time together. But I love that you have that perspective that most people are pretty friendly.
1: Well, you know, and I see it like, like some people would probably automatically assume things about homeless people or people that have some pretty hefty drug, drug abuse problems. But I... My office is really close to the Denver Public Library. And recently they've been on the news for, I mean, they're basically a, a daytime shelter for a lot of homeless people. Yeah. And a lot of them have drug problems. And even though their circumstances are pretty, pretty bleak and awful, a lot of them still come over to my car and ask me, do you need help when they see me taking the wheelchair out of my car? So. It's a lot of kindness right there. Right. I just wish more people and, may, and maybe it's my circumstance that lends itself to making that a little bit more visible. Because obviously if I'm just a normal person walking by or getting out of the car, they're not going to say anything to me. But I get to see firsthand. Wow, that guy just asked me if I needed any help and he is in some pretty dire straits it looks like but he's still willing to you know, extend for me his mama raised him right got on the wrong path but yeah. you know I, I I think there are far more people like that and I think in this day and age um with the news and I think it's always probably been like that um the news reports sad and bad um and not enough of the positive stories to kind of re reaffirm your faith and humanity and Yeah. Um but there there needs to be more of that. There need there there needs to be like a news channel that only reports good stuff and Hey Animal stories. What do you like think? this? <laughs> Um, because I think it'll brighten the world and, you know, out of that comes good ideas and fixes to problems and it just makes everything better all around. Um, well, that's the hope, right? I hope, you know, that's all that we can hope all for. All doing a little yeah. bit here and yeah. there where we can. Yeah. And everyone should do what they can, little things here and there. So... I don't know. I have kind of a quirky outlook, but <laughs> a wheelchair will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: Perhaps it does. Maybe that's yeah. one of the blessings that you were talking about
1: at I the very, so. very top. I think so. I think, and out of out of sad and sad things, there's always the silver lining. I know it's cliche, but well, you no, have this, to find it. You this have is to, part the, of all I little, know. Yeah. Like if you're
0: punctuating it for everybody, listen, guys. All I know is.
1: Right. That's right where you're headed right now. Right. You have to do a little digging and you have to do a little work, but you find it. And when you do, it sticks with you and you can carry it forward and apply it to different situations. And I don't, I, I hope that everyone can learn from me and my experiences without having to go through it, of course, because it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. No. So... Um, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, you know, and there are times when it gets really tough and sad and you have questions about the future and, you know, what if my health goes haywire? Cause I have been really lucky so far, you know, someone I went to high school with said, you know, because of knowing you, I am very sensitive to drunk driving. So I know that I have an effect on people yeah. and I may not know it, um, And my mom does. You do. You know, everyone in their own way has some sort of effect on people. Yeah. And And, we don't always see how far they reach. Right. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I won't know why the accident, why the car accident happened, why cancer happened, why my friend had to go too soon. Um, I think someday I'll find out. And you know, I I sometimes imagine having like all of your questions kind of get answered, and you get to watch a movie of you know the behind the scenes that you don't know about, um, and and then maybe a light bulb goes off like oh, oh I like that imagery yeah <laughs> so you get to see a movie a behind the scenes movie yeah I like <laughs> once, it once you're once you're done here on Earth so. Um, And my mom, my mom had a way when she talked to my friend's parents after he passed away. um, She told them that life is kind of like a train station and certain people just have to get off at an earlier stop than you. Um, It doesn't mean the ride wasn't good or fun or they got you where you needed to go and Later, his mom told me that was the, one of the most comforting things that someone could possibly have told her, um, because something I I don't know, I don't know what it feels like to lose a child, um, right? But my mom knew what that knew knew that yes, she can speak with some authority, right? Yes. And so, you know, I I think. She knew the right thing to say to kind of put her mind at ease that maybe because she had a lot more time to think about it. You know, it was many years ago when our accident was. So maybe some of that wisdom, you know, kind of crept in and you don't know what what comforting things someone says, you know, where they'll come from, who they'll come from at the right time or, you you know, these things just happen yeah um but
0: divine divine orchestrations perhaps
1: right so
0: i don't know (laughs) so if you were taking these these things these experiences kate and you were you were boiling them, them down for the listening audience to to finish that phrase all i know is
1: all i know is to be brave curious Loving, live the best life you can, spread kindness because it doesn't cost anything. Be infectious with how you want to be perceived and how you know like exude something that you want to catch on, and that's what you end up attracting. So I don't know,
0: it's awesome. Thank
1: you, Kate. <laughs> sure well,
0: thank you so much yeah we're going to close our time the way that we close every conversation which is um, visiting the questionnaire that James Lipton used to use at the end of Inside the Actors Studio I don't know if you're familiar with that show but it's my favorite interview show and so that's how we always close the podcast so Kate what's your favorite word
1: foxy i love it i feel like it's underused it makes you feel good it makes you feel smiley foxes are adorable um it's an excellent choice i don't i've always loved that word i i i like to introduce younger people to it because they don't hear it enough older people then they have forgotten about it they love it Bring I back Foxy. I, I, I love the word Foxy. <laughs> What's
0: your least favorite word?
1: Oh, gosh. <sighs> I'm probably like most of America and I hate the word moist. <laughs> so many people hate the word moist. It's great that you put it out there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably have quite a few words that I don't love. I, I depending on the context I don't like it when I hear no or I that the word can't Mm -hmm. because I would like to give that the finger just try and tell me I can't and I'll show you I can (laughs) so there are a few words that I don't like that that fall into that category
0: (laughs) what turns you on creatively spiritually emotionally
1: creatively I like painting and I like um Fine arts, that sort of thing. I, I follow some really fun artists and just seeing how their minds work is really cool. Spiritually, I, I think I view that really personally. I have some favorite places that I go to for solace. Every time I go on a vacation, I like to find something that hits me in the feels. You know, whether it's a church or like in New York, I went to some of the really big cathedrals and they are so over the top beautiful. I don't see how you can't be moved by that. But then on the way other coast um, of the United States, if you've ever been to the grotto in Portland, it is breathtaking. It's uh, and if you if you don't find yourself there, you uh, I, I don't know if you can. I, I mean, it's incredible. It's um, nature. It's, it's God. It's, it's everything. I, I went, went there with one of my friends, and she, she was like, you you got to see this. And then it can be as simple as um, locally here in Colorado, I really like to go to the Carmelite Monastery. And it's right next door to the Littleton Museum. Whenever I have been at my worst or sad moments, which we all have, that's where I go and I find peace. And it's where cloistered nuns live. And, you know, they can't be seen, but they hear you. And if you're upset or you're crying, they'll still talk to you through the walls and they'll pray for you. Wow um you know I've been there but never inside yeah I didn't
0: know you could go in
1: yeah it has a little chapel on one side and that's where I go and I'll light a candle and you know just I just find it it's a it's a like a spiritual hug for me and then on the other side if you have an actual prayer request you can go into the the other building um And then they have someone that will take your request. You can't see them, but you can pass it to them and, and you can talk to them and, you know, they just kind of watch out for you. And how fascinating, maybe that's, that's right in my
0: backyard. And I never thought you could go in.
1: Yeah. And maybe it's, maybe it's, um, one of the reasons, or, you know, I, I really believe in the power of prayer, you know, maybe that's one of the things that helps us on our journey. What turns you off? Oh, gosh. Rude people. People that are mean to their parents. Closed-mindedness. Just all around nasty. I, I feel like people who are like, if you're so unhappy with yourself, fix it. You know, don't take it out on other people. And I, I, I know that's a blanket easy answer for making the world better. Um, but I, I don't like that. I don't like rudeness. I don't like humor at other people's expense. I just think spreading kindness is the way to go. And anything that kind of deviates from that, I, it's not my thing. What's your favorite curse word. Oh, I like to use a lot of British ones, like bollocks. And gosh, he's such a wanker. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I just think they have a little more flair. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? I like rain because I think it's kind of cleansing and soothing and I... I think being from Colorado, I love the ocean because we don't have that here. So whenever I go on a vacation and I'm anywhere near an ocean, I could sit there all day and be happy. I love the sound of crashing waves. I even bought a Blu-ray so that I can put it's just of beach scenes. And I like to put it on my TV and just have it on. And, and just enjoy. And just enjoy Be on right vacation here in your Colorado. <laughs> I like music, like every, like everyone. Um, and I like little bits of everything. I like the sound of my mom's voice. Because she has a little bit of an accent. And it's just comforting. I like my godchildren's voices. Because they're just so special to me. And they're, you know, I haven't... I haven't ever had kids so I view them as my um I'm a part owner um of (laughs) them and (laughs) and so right right and so you know I spoil them rotten and then get them all sugared up and then I'm you know then they can go home (laughs) but I love their voices they're so excited and you know and since they've known me since I've gotten to hold two out of three of them um, the day they were born. So um, it's just amazing because they've grown up with me. Um, I'm not different to them. So the chair isn't, they'll ask me stuff, of course. But, um, you know, they just run up and hug me and it's it's not a thing. And so I love their voices. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? People chewing. I think I, I know that there's a disorder um, where... It drives people crazy. I'm pretty sure I have a severe case. <laughs> and my mom knows that I have it. So if she really wants to get under my skin and just mess with me, she'll Chomp. eat a saltine cracker in tiny bites right by my face. And I'll be like, eat the whole damn thing. <laughs> Stuff it in your mouth. You're making crumbs. And she'll she'll just have this maniacal little laugh because she thinks it's funny but it bothers me so much. So I don't like chewing noises. I work in Capitol Hill, so we have some schizophrenic people in in the hood. So just hearing some of the things they yell, it just makes me a little sad. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't like hearing that. Yeah, certain songs that old boyfriends have ruined. Um, yeah, that. That's yeah. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> what profession, other than your own, would you most like to attempt? oh gosh, besides being Wonder Woman, which is a dream <laughs> I've had since I was four, they would probably be in fashion. I really like, like I love Project Runways. I love any show like that where you have to be creative. And I mean, how cool is that? That's what a very cool. Cool concept. I love it. I love what comes out of it. I love that there are no age restrictions or, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of, gay dudes picking women's clothes like what sense does that make but I love what they come up with um just how they see things how women see how women's clothes should be how you know they've had a little bit of everything on that show I think it would be so amazing to learn how to sew and just be creative and have that as an outlet and You know, I see so many designs and I'm like, well, or I see stuff that's in stores now. And I'm like, barf, who buys that? Why is that? How come that gets to be a thing? It's It's awful. It's awful. Who is wearing this? And so I think that would be so much fun and just a rush to be creative. Coming from an accounting background, it's completely opposite of what I do. You know, as long as you're going to pick something different, you might as well go on the way other end of the spectrum. What right. profession
0: would you definitely not
1: like to do? Oh, gosh. I think being a doctor, being as around, around as many as I have been throughout my lifetime, I have nothing against them. I think the majority of them are great. But what a job and what responsibility. And I can't imagine the pressure and the sadness I know that they probably learn techniques and mechanisms to compartmentalize that. But I can't imagine. Like, the last time I was at my gyno appointment, she apologized for being late. And I said, oh, I'm you know, I'm sorry. And she said, well, you know, I was sorry I was late. I was in a delivery. And I was all excited because, you know, that means the baby. And she said, oh, no, the baby didn't make it. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, like... She still has to go on with her date. I can't imagine. I just, I can't imagine how hard that would be. I think that that would be a really tough career.
0: Okay, and then finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say
1: when you enter the pearly gates? Oh, gosh. Well, I would definitely want to see the -the behind-the-scenes movie. So I imagine a pretty fancy movie theater. I would love hearing him say where my family and loved ones are, and that I get to see them right after the movie. Um, <laughs> i'm I'm I imagine whatever he would say would be profound and beyond what I could really comprehend here, but I would assume and know that it would be something just full of love and kind of kind of I guess the answer of why we all have to maybe have bodies and be on earth first kind of the meaning of life answer I guess is what I would expect to hear and how well you're graded at how you did at it when you were here um Kind of a report card, like a parent teacher conference of like, <laughs> hey, you did this really well, but you could have done better at this. I don't know. I've, yeah, it's kind of like school, I guess. You get to see a movie, you have a parent teacher conference. I think that's what the beginning of heaven is like. And then it gets fun after that, where you can do whatever you want forever. Read all the books that you never got to when you were here, movies, adventures bungee jumping, whatever, you know, you get to carry that out without the limitations of like a, you know, a body that just can't do it here or something. So I don't know. Goofy answer, but (laughs) great
0: answer. I'm a goofy girl. (laughs) There's nothing, there's no wrong answer. That's the whole point of the questionnaire. Thank you so much, Kate.
1: Oh, this has been so much fun for being with us. I love this. I think this is This is just great.
0: (laughs) Well, to our listeners, thank you for staying with us. And we really hope that the time today with Kate and listening to all the stories that she had to share about her life's path will help you to harness some bravery and some courage and some curiosity in your own life. As always, we thank you so much for listening in. One of the most important things for our speakers and guests when they agree to be vulnerable with us about their life experience is to know that what they have to say is going to fall on ready ears. And we couldn't do that without you. Please remember that all of the opinions, ideas, information, and views shared as part of today's conversation belong solely to each speaker. And while we hope our listeners find each episode helpful and interesting, please note that this podcast doesn't serve as therapeutic intervention, nor should it substitute as advice or direction from a mental health professional. All I Know is a production of Inward Bound, a private psychotherapy practice based in Denver, Colorado. We specialize in working with adoptive families and provide support and training associated with attachment and the impact of early trauma on childhood development. If you or someone you love is struggling with adoption-related or relational challenges, find us on the World Wide Web. This podcast is produced by Jessica Barry Edelstein and me, with audio engineering by Craig Knapp. If you'd like to be a guest on All I Know, please reach out to Jess. You can contact her at jess.alliknow at inwardboundco.com. One more time, it's Jess, J-E-S-S, know at inwardboundco.com. We hope you'll join us for the next installment of All I Know. We release a new episode every week. And in the meantime, this is Jen for all of us here at the show reminding you, catch all the light you can.